Before I begin um, today's podcast, I must point out that I'm not criticizing Accenture, Deloitte, PwC, KPMG people and so on when I comment on the cliches that um, are used in these resumes and why they hurt your chances. I would like to point out that um, candidates learn to write this way because of the way the firms have taught them to write. It's not, re- it's not at all a reflection on the candidate itself. It's merely a reflection on the differences in styles between the big three strategy firms and the other firms. And more than a difference in style, it's really how this difference in style um, affects the impact that um, the resume will have on an interviewer and ultimately you know, what distinguishes and what creates a strong or a weak resume. So I think that to you know, take it for what it's worth but this is certainly not meant to criticize the resumes of candidates from these firms. Well, actually, it is to criticize the resumes, but it's not to criticize the candidate themselves. Because we understand the candidates are simply following what they see as best practice in those firms. Um, so I'm going to talk you through you know, typical things we see in these resumes and how it looks to us as uh, someone in one of the major firms, right? So I think the the big things, I'm just going to talk through terms I've seen in resumes. I'm not going to go through every term. I've seen just a couple of them, right? The first thing I see is that um, I do find candidates are very weak on explaining per bullet the context of why they did something, the action they took, and then the results of the action they took, right? So let me give an example of some things I read in resumes. I think, for example... Um, you know, this is quite common. I've seen this in Accenture, Deloitte resume, something like supported an executive manager and developing board papers, C-level briefing packs, and establishing key operating procedures, right? Um, that's interesting, but you know, when you say executive general manager, I mean, is that someone who sits on the board? Is that someone who sits at Exco? Is that someone who sits at Opco? Is that even someone who's senior management? Then when you talk about developing board papers, C-level briefing packs, I notice I see this a lot in Accenture Deloitte resumes. It sounds impressive, but it's not really impressive because when you say developing board papers, what kind of board papers? Did you develop it yourself? Did you contribute to developing it? When you say C-level briefing packs, again, you know what's a C-level briefing pack? Firstly, when you say C-level, do you mean the exact C-suite as a CFO, CEO, COO? What's a briefing pack? Is it a one-page document? Is it a 20-page document? What is the content? How much did you produce? What went into producing it? So while these things sound impressive, they don't really work, right? A common term I've seen in these resumes is also something along the lines of establishing key supply chain capabilities. Wow, the word capabilities is used so much in these resumes, it's shocking. And the word capability is not clear. People put it in because if you look at a Deloitte Accenture website, they like using the word capabilities or they define something. Capabilities means very different things to different people. And it's so subjective and ambiguous, it's my, you might as well say nothing. For example, if you said you established key supply chain IT capabilities, what does that mean? You, su- you established a capability. So, what is a capability? I always ask myself, what is a capability? Do you know what a capability is? A capability is the ability to do something. So, you establish key supply chain abilities. Is that different from capabilities? What is the abilities? Supply chain IT capabilities. That means that maybe the ability to track packages down the supply chain. So, why don't you say that? You know, it's, it's just a very weird way of writing it. The other thing that I find common in these resumes, people like saying that something was key, you know, establishing key. So what is key? Was it the largest, the most critical, the most expensive, 
the thing that impacted productivity the most, the thing that impacted costs the most. Key could mean anything. And by saying key and capabilities, you might as well say nothing, right? The other thing I've seen, which is so common, is people will say that they defined IT processes or they defined the system. What does that mean? The system was undefined before? It means that what you wanted to know what the system was about, it was like a black hole. No one could know what it was about. So when you use this terminology, you must ask yourself, are you really trying to communicate well or are you just using things because everyone else is using it? If you're using it out because everyone else is using it, that means that you are delegating or you saying that, well... I'm not going to think this through because I'm going to rely on what everyone else is saying. These terms don't make a lot of sense, right? Another common term I've seen is an operating model. What exactly is an operating model? I've seen it so often and, it's n and no one can explain it to me. Is an operating model the way something would operate? And if it's the way something would operate, how is it different from the strategy? How is it different from the budgeting plan? How is it different from the forecasts? So operating model is, again, I find this very vague term that people use because they don't know what to say. They know it's not strategy, but the word operating model sounds much better than saying, I put together the plan to collect waste and dispose it off into a, you know, incinerator. Don't use terms that you're not sure about. Rather than saying operating model, state exactly what you, you said. Another common term in Deloitte Accenture resumes is end-user installations, right? It's used so often that I've stopped counting it. End-user, why don't you just say customers? End-user is such a technical term. When you start using the word end-user, I can see you, you've sort of moved in from the IT side of the business and you kind of think this is a very fancy way of saying customers or consumers. Another common term is program. Now, when someone talks about a program, to me a program is made up of many different projects or one very large project that's made up of many different components. But when you say program, and I ask you, what do you mean when you say program? You've got to be able to explain it to me like that, right? Don't use terms that you don't understand, right? Other common terms would be developed over 50 critical supply chain processes for effective and coordinated delivery. Now again, critical is kind of vague. You know, why is it critical? What do you mean when you say critical? Um, why did firstly why are you calling these things critical, and what, and 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 how do you define critical, and how are they different from other processes? Right. So you say supply chain processes. What does a person mean? You define the supply chain process. So you process mapped everything, right? So you did business process reengineering. So you so you basically rearrange the processes, processes, but again, it's not very clear. As an interviewer, I'm not, I'm not sure what you mean when you say by processes, because it's it can mean so many things. I need you to be specific. But then people say for effective and coordinated management. Now, what does effective mean for effective management? So previous management was ineffective. How was it ineffective? It was too slow, too much waste. So effective tells me nothing. What does coordinated mean again? Before it was uncoordinated, how did it show through? Again, I would like some metrics, right? A very common phrase I also see is XYZ also drove the delivery of critical IT capabilities. The they drove the delivery, they drove the delivery of critical IT capabilities. That is just so confusing. Drove the delivery. That means that there was a team of s dogs going towards the IT capabilities, and these guys had a whip and they drove them. Right, they drove the delivery. Was there any? Were they reporting to anyone? Why can't you say that managed the development of five IT capabilities, which were 
essential for the supply chain program to be rolled out. It's so easier to understand that. Don't speak in cliches. It drove the delivery of critical IT capabilities. Very confusing, right? A very common one I see is that the term strategic roadmap, and I have a lot of debate with Deloitte people about this, and uh, I always point out to them, do you mean that somewhere in the world McKinsey is telling clients we're going to develop a roadmap for you that's not strategic? So why do you have to say this is strategic? What does it mean to be strategic? And I ask people, what do you mean when you say strategic? If you can explain to me, leave it. And if you can't explain, drop it. Don't say things that sound nice because in the real world, they don't sound nice. Good resumes must be written in simple English. No cliches, no jargon. The other one, and this is common to Deloitte, implementable strategy. Because obviously, BCG is going to clients and telling them, we're going to do strategy for you that's not implementable. So when we don't get Deloitte to help you make it you know, implemented or, or implemented. So don't use things that are so ridiculous, right? It's like... Um, Speak in English. Make sure things that you say sound right. They, anyone who doesn't have a background in business could understand you. Everybody's a basic background in business, right? Another famous phrase from Accenture, Deloitte, and I see PwC's diagnostic. People love saying they did a diagnostic because obviously, if you tell me that you did just an analysis, it's too difficult for me to understand, right? You've got to put in diagnostics so you're, you know, so you come across as more premium. You know, you you you're not the coach of handbags; you're the Louis Vuitton of handbags just by putting in diagnostic there. Don't say weird things. Diagnostic. What are you, a doctor? You're doing a diagnostic. You're going to do a colonoscopy on me. So I think that use simple language. Just say that manage the competitive analysis of XYZ, right? Um, simple. Operating model diagnostic, strategy diagnostic, um, key processes. Again, what's non-key processes, right? Write in English, write simple words, right? White paper. People love saying white paper because, you know, it's too hard to say draft. Right? White paper is fancy for saying... White paper translated into English means... My thoughts were not completely developed, and because I didn't have the time, I was too lazy to write out a well-written paper that I could publish, I decided to publish something incomplete that I could call a white paper and put on my resume. That's what I read when I hear white paper. If someone tells me white paper, I'm not interested. I'm interested in the word draft, and then I'm interested in a finished paper, right? Let's look at some other choice things that people come up with. Um, so... Um, Here's a very common one that I see on resumes where people talk about how they um, did a value-add engagement, right? They talk about value-added services. What is value-added services? Are they services that add value? Value-added services, which is very confusing, right? Are they services that add value or, be, or, are they, or is it value that leads to more services? I, I've seen this and I actually ask people, what do you mean by value-added services? And it's amazing how people can't explain these things. And I'm not going to go through every single thing I see on these resumes, but the point I'm trying to make is when you put something in your resume, make sure you can explain it. That's my first rule. The second thing is when you put it in the resume, make sure it's written in English. Do not use cliches. If you're putting something in the resume that you cannot explain, it's really a bad sign. And you know that in, in fit interviews, we dig. I mean, McKinsey especially is going to dig through everything. You said this, what do you mean? But to be honest, when I look at a resume that's written like that, I always know for myself immediately, right? This person comes from either Accenture or Deloitte, and it's going to take a lot of time for me to understand what they're saying. Because when I speak to them, they use this jargon. They think they're clear, 
but they're actually saying nothing. You have to be able to speak in simple English and speak clearly when you do things. As always, I'll be happy to respond to this podcast and post any responses to comments.